All right, here we go. The podcast, Necessary Conversations with Pastor Dorian. What up, though? What's happening, Justin? You all right, man? Man, I am better than all right. I am a-okay then some. How about you, sir? Man, I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm phenomenal. Good, good. Man, I missed you. Been a long time, my brother. I know. It's been too long. <laughs> Sorry, people. Me and this man have been on some schedules. Yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah, I uh, just got back from months in Dallas, and uh, Pastor Dorian here has been racking up the freaking flyer miles. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm getting some some status now uh, <laughs> with yeah. Delta, but I'd rather not. Yeah, well, you know, we also heard about Florida, you know, the convention. We heard, we heard. You <laughs> blessed a few folks down there with the word. God was good. I was just trying not to embarrass my family name, but uh, <laughs> well, but it went well. God was kind to us. That's what the word around the streets is, because the streets has been talking. <laughs> so I hear you guys. Uh, appreciate, you know, everybody has been coming up asking what's been going on. All's been well. It's just we've been extremely busy and uh, opposite side schedule. Uh, and I see that you guys have just been going back and listening to previous episodes and staying up. So we got a fun one here today. Um, it's going to be something that I think is going to hit each and every listener, whether you are super sanctified, been living in this for 30 plus years, or you just got saved yesterday or barely know about this fellow Jesus. I think it's going <laughs> to hit everyone. <clears throat> so Pastor Dory. Yes, sir. They say that uh, God is omnipresent. Yes, sir. Meaning he's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And they say Satan is not. Mm -hmm. However, sometimes it does not feel like that is a fact. Okay. Um, there are some very specific times in life where we try to do things, come up with whatever. And it seems like either God has abandoned us, one. Sure. And if you feel abandoned, obviously God isn't there if you feel abandoned. Yeah. Two, on the opposite, it just feels like I look left, I look right, and Satan is there. Like, I'm just <laughs> trying to pray my 10 minutes yeah, or whatever it is. And it's like, dude, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of curious just as a first ripping thought on that. Like, I mean, just to make sure, again, I like to start on the basis because sometimes I'll be wrong. Yeah. I mean, is this true, biblically speaking? God being omnipresent and Satan not being? Is that uh, biblically true? As far as the scriptures go, um, I agree with you. Sometimes uh, it feels like he's everywhere, that being Satan. Uh, oddly enough, it feels like sometimes like Satan is the one that's omnipresent and God is the one that remains Absolutely. difficult to be found. Um, however, uh, the scriptures do tell us in a proper perspective on things, um, do tell us that it is indeed God that is everywhere upholding the entire universe, every creature being atom molecule within his creation, upholding it all at the same time with complete knowledge of its workings and its doings. And, uh, that is not the case with mm -hmm. Satan. He is a created being, mm -hmm. um, which makes him lower than his creator so um uh, satan is not he is not okay. he is not omnipresent so um i want to go to some scriptures i was kind of studying thinking about this and okay. you can kind of help clarify what they were trying to say or if i'm understanding them correct just to kind of set a base for this conversation sure 
Uh, first, I'll come with uh, one that I think speaks towards God's omnipresence. Okay. It's Proverbs 15 and 3. Okay. And it's very simply just reads, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Mm-hmm. So is that saying, is that like, you know, when I'm in bed, laying there at night, when I'm up in the sky flying, uh, here in church, uh, I'm out with my kids, every place. Yes. And while he's looking at me, he's looking at you. He's looking same at time. Me. Same time. All right. At so the same time. Every place. Every place. There every is place. no exception. No, every place. Yes. Okay. Jeremiah uh, 23 and 24. And this one's a little bit longer. Okay. King James. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I feel heaven and earth, saith the Lord? Yes, sir. So, again, it's saying, like, can't run, can't hide. And and there's two things that's critical about that particular text in Jeremiah. It's not just that he sees, you know, because it's almost a rhetorical question. Like, is there anywhere you can go that I can't see you? And I want to make sure. It's a rhetorical question, and the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And because I fill heaven and earth, meaning not it's not just that I see everything. He is everywhere. He, he who he is fills both heaven and earth. Okay. Um, and the scriptures also say, if I make my bed in hell, mm-hmm. thou mm-hmm. art there. Right. Also, like there is nowhere to go because it's one thing. It's like it's because I just want to make the distinction between him seeing and him being uh. because like we have a government that has eyes everywhere. <laughs> you know, we can get into the conspiracy like they see. I, mean, I was kind of last episode. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they see a whole lot of things, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are actually there. OK, so seeing is one thing. But he says, not only do I see, but I feel meaning who I am, my presence, my person feels it is actually present everywhere as well so that's the key to god's omnipresence and his his omniscience omniscience being his knowledge uh-huh omnipresence meaning his actual presence in the location okay so and I, and again i'm just taking this down to the most basic level basic level make sure we're all speaking the same language here yeah he's literally sitting right here in this room right indeed now. right here with us to the person listening to this podcast whether to be at work or their car wherever you may be located he's right he's gonna he's be right there. with them even though it's like it'll be a week later maybe when they listen it's wherever he's there. they are i promise you wherever you find yourself it could be in a dark filthy low down place god is there right there okay Got it. Just, again, setting the precedence for this. Yeah. Now, moving on to uh, the opponent, Satan. Mm-hmm. First Peter 5.8. Yes, sir. Reads, be sober, vigilant, vigilant, sorry, mm-hmm. because your adversary, yes, sir. the devil, is as a roaring lion walking about of seeking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of see how that would say that he's not omnipresent. Because if he's walking, he's kind of like seeking. He's not there at this moment. Sure. But, I mean, if you've got to be sober and vigilant, mm-hmm. it seems like that Joker's covering a lot of ground at least, right? He does indeed cover a lot of ground. Um, so, again, not to, to get too far into the conversation and stay at um, the base level, but... Um, 
he is not omnipresent because he's seeking mm-hmm. and uh but the, the 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 vigilance that's critical there is not how often or because he's everywhere it has to do with he's looking for who he can get okay and vigilant people are the people that he can't so mm-hmm. that 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 that's the key to that scripture there he's telling us to be vigilant because satan is always looking where the weak link is he's looking where the opportunity is seeking whom he may devour okay. so the vigilant one is the one that is able to resist okay. satan and isn't able to be devoured by him. So that's really the key to that text there in our vigilance. It's not saying because he's everywhere. It's uh-huh. because he is looking for the vulnerable, drunk, mm-hmm. you know, person. And that's like that's the that's the difficulty. Even even in the days that I wasn't living the way that I was supposed to be living, mm-hmm. drinking was never my thing because I hated not being the the very idea of not being in control mm-hmm. of myself okay in the type of lack of awareness i saw in people when they were drunk like they guys that couldn't fight would all of a sudden pick fights with big dudes and like hold on you t- completely <laughs> lost awareness of yourself um and satan is is he he preys on individuals that lack awareness okay is what that's about and and i think his ability to recognize yeah. the vulnerable is what makes him sometimes seem oh, that, more that's, powerful. That's kind of where I'm, I'm going to go. And more present than he really is. He's got a couple tricks up his sleeve we could talk about. Oh, okay. I think, you're, I think I'll get those going here in a second. Because I mm-hmm. want to finish with this last, uh, well, not the last scripture. I got one more, but uh, we'll pause on scripture after this one. Job mm-hmm. kind of... Uh, I get maybe this is what Peter is referencing, but Job one and seven reads, and the Lord said to Satan, whence cometh thou? Mm-hmm. Then Satan answered the Lord. So this shows you that Satan's like talking to God. So yeah. he's, he's covering some ground. Job one is an interesting text. Go ahead. And said, and uh, said from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. So he was just walking up in the earth. And now he's like in the presence of God and the sons of God. Uh, just as a prefix to that. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm the present maybe, I mean, but what's maybe half a I'm the present? No, man, actually nowhere near it. So that text is interesting. Okay. Um, From the beginning, it's saying the sons of God came to present themselves. Yes. And Satan was one of them, Um, which is, that's a whole conversation. In oh, and of itself. Yeah, see, I kind of got a different take on that, but yeah. What's what's your take, Watson? Well, I, I was reading. Take. I was reading and took it as, as as I think the way the scripture says, like, and the sons of God came in the presence and Satan. Mm-hmm. So saying, like, here's the sons of God's and Satan, almost differentiating him right there, saying how he's not a son of God. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the way I looked at it. Yeah, it says Satan also came among them. Yeah, um, also. You know, but we know he is a fallen angel. Yes, um, Lucifer. Yeah, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be, um, you know, in ordinary for him to be there. Okay. With uh, angels, he is one. Right. Um, right. You know. Um, but He's again, a like he is. Um, however, there's two where that text begins and where mm-hmm. that particular interaction ends shows Satan's. Um, boundaries 
Because mm-hmm. there's a few things in that interaction. Number one, he had to come to present himself, meaning he wasn't there. Okay. And then he had to show up. Okay. God is always there. He doesn't like have to present, like show up somewhere. So Satan had to first show up. Okay. Secondly, then he's going to and forth in the world. Yep. And God asked him, have you considered Job? Yep. Now, when God gives him the ability to tempt Job, mm-hmm. guess what God does? He puts a hedge and says, Satan, you can only go this far. Okay. Right. You, right. you, you can only, so his omnipresence is, is, is cast away with a boundary being placed on him in terms of how far he could go with Job. See, that's omnipower. It's not no, like presence. omnipower. We said, um, we, we're talking we're omnipresence. Talking presence, but right there, he's putting a boundary on him as far as how far you can attack him, but not where you can go to attack him. Yeah, he said you can't go any further than his flesh. Like, you can't. Like, he he stopped yeah. where he could go. But it's like. I got another. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So then go, he go. goes even further. Yes. After God gives him permission, the Bible then says, and Satan left the presence of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, you if go. you just keep reading. Verbatim. Like, it yes. literally says he left. He showed up. Right. Get, got given a certain amount of access with limited a limited amount of access. Absolutely. And then he left. Yes. By the way, anybody who's listening, I love the book of Job, the story of Job. It's one of my favorite. Anybody who knows it, I love it. If you don't know it, you need to read it. You do. Uh, there's a production coming to that soon, by the way. Oh, Just really? I did minorly. not know that. It's. I don't want to say soon, but there's one on the in the works. Okay. Ne- needless to say. So this is kind of takes us back to our original point of there's biblical points God being omnipresent, Satan being not. Yeah, because it also, I think James says if you resist Satan, he'll flee. He'll flee. Yeah, and yeah. He'll leave. Okay. Even when Jesus was tempted of Satan in the wilderness, he left. After Jesus resisted, the Bible says he left him. Like he he, he okay. was there and then left. So, if he is one entity, one non-omnipresent, this dude that like, if he's sitting right here with me and you trying to hate on our podcast, (laughs) that means he's not at Bishop Billy Church right now, or he's not at, uh, down in Orlando. He's not in California. He's not in the presence of God. He's sitting here messing with us because that will make him then at least by present. So why is it that he can be so prevalent? And everywhere, because if this Joker, like, okay, in that example of Job, God kind of pointed him in a direction. He did. But in these other things and times in life where people are going through things and like, you know, you're like just trying to focus on something and he shows up or something shows up. Like, literally, it's like, man, like this Joker just, I just want to do this. I want to do this one right thing. And mm-hmm. man, my. Look, I was doing this and then my car broke down. Yeah. Like my t- like how? Why? Yeah. Does it come off that way if because if that's happening there, he can't be in New York and California at the same time. Cannot. However, watch the news. Bad stuff and Satan or whatever is happening. I mean, if you just pick this country alone, there's no way he's but he's covering this whole country from all four corners. It's like a good cornerback. It seemed like no matter you throw the ball, that Joker's <laughs> picking it off. Yeah, it could seem like that. How is that? Why is that? If he's not omnipresent, 
He's not there. You know why it seems like he's always there? Because evil is always around. Okay. You want to know why evil is always around? Because we're always around. Okay. Like there's. So when you say evil. In literal evil. Yeah. Because like, and that's what I'm saying. I'm talking evil. I'm not just talking like, you know, you know, this person. I'm talking like somebody who's struggling with something. And like, there's like something whispered in their ear about you can have another drink or you can answer that text from that ex that, you know, you shouldn't answer or, you know, you could turn to that one channel, you know, you shouldn't be watching. Why is that everywhere? It seems all like, I mean, I mean, anything that would put you away from God seems like it is always an option. Yes, it is. And it's really easy. Can I say it that way? It seems really easy to fall into something. Yeah, because we are fallen. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a couple of things to like. It's 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 almost a weird thing when you study your scriptures and then you study the human condition. Mm-hmm. Two things happen at the same time. You realize we give Satan way too much credit, and then you realize, man, he deserves a lot of okay blame. <laughs> it, it's almost like it, it's almost contradictory. Um, uh-huh. in terms of, you see, he's not doing everything that we think he's doing. Okay. So much of what we blame him for mm-hmm. is actually us. Okay. But then also he's doing so much more and so many more, uh, um, dangerous things than we are aware of. So most of the thing he's so shrewd. Yeah. Most of the things that we blame the devil for wasn't him okay he's too shrewd most of the things he's doing we aren't even aware of we don't even know to blame him we don't even know that that's what he did we see the results of it later so like the the day-to-day things like it doesn't take the devil to be there for murder to happen for rape to happen for incest to happen it just takes a fallen man Mm -hmm. um that's why um james one says when man is tempted God doesn't tempt anyone. Right. He, right. He, he is drawn away of his own lusts. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's something going down with us, know that it is something in us. Okay. That's causing that to happen. Okay. Like it doesn't take the devil. It's something in us that causes it to happen because you can't tempt someone with something that's not already in them. Okay. Like my father's famous example is you can't tempt me with chitlins. <laughs> I don't, I don't like them. There's nothing in me that wants them. So you can cook them, fry them, boil them, bake them, put them on a plate. Whatever you want to do, there's nothing that's going to draw me. And make you want to chip. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Because I don't like them. Okay. You can't tempt me, a heterosexual man, with a guy. Sure. Nothing you can do. Not happening. It's just there's there's nothing there, right? So we have to know that the genesis of so I hate to cut you off. Sure, I feel like you was on a roll. Cut me off. So, but that's what I'm saying as far as the specificity of these things, because you are per se uh, not tempted by that. Mm-hmm. Instead, he tempts you with your exact type, like X, Y, Z, like this height. This body frame, yeah. this age, talks this way, walks this way, dresses this way, walks that right into your door. He doesn't have to walk that right into my door. That person just exists. But why do they 
in this they time just exist. when you and your wife are in a fight. They just exist. You and your wife are beefed out. Justin. And then she shows just, up. She just exists, and it's not her fault. It's mine. I'm just saying it seems very coincidental. It's, 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 it, it's not a coincidence. Okay. You have a type. Right. That's just what it is. I agree. And so, so, so that because that's that's why I say, like, because because Jesus says if a man looks after a woman and lusts in his heart, he's already he doesn't right. mention anything about yeah. the devil. He say if you uh-huh. are checking out a woman and you get to painting mental pictures and all that, you have committed fornication or right. adultery. Like that's on you. The key here is. It almost goes back to when I say people, we had, this was one of our very early conversations mm-hmm. and I talked about people over-spiritualizing things so they don't have to be good decision makers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a similar thing when people blame the devil. That means we don't have to make accurate assessments of ourselves. Okay. To say, is it possible that when my wife and I fight, my eyes wander mm-hmm. when in a different way than when we're not fighting. It may seem like she just showed up when we were in an argument. Mm-hmm. I could blame that on the devil. Or I could have the kind of self-awareness mm-hmm. that says the lust resides in me. Okay. So when my wife and I are arguing, it's not that something showed up that was never around. It's that I started looking mm-hmm. like I didn't look when we're doing well. Like that's what I say we give when we give Satan that much credit, we don't do the types of self-assessment and self-reflection that is inherent in the vigilance that you read about earlier. Yes. When he tells us to be vigilant and sober, to be vigilant is when you watch. Now, mm-hmm. and the first thing in person you and I need to watch is not her. So that's because that yeah. is one of the things that results in a lot of the toxic things you see in church. Is because we don't want to watch ourselves. We want to watch other people. We want to tell other people. We want to tell women, you can't dress a certain way because I don't want to have to watch myself. Okay. Right? I agree. You can't come in in certain rooms and we can't do certain things because I'd rather you watch, be watched, than me having to watch myself. Okay. And when we blame Satan, guess who we do not watch? We don't watch ourselves and know that type didn't just show up coincidentally at that moment. Is it possible? Sure, but it's not necessary. Mm. Satan didn't have to put Bathsheba on the roof for David to cheat with her. Yeah. The Bible makes no reference of Satan have any, having anything to do with that. Is David liking women and a woman being there when his men were at war and he wasn't? Right. Now, you could blame the devil or you could say when war is going on and I'm not fighting, I need to be vigilant and sober and know I have the tendency to wander and I need to go fight. Mm-hmm. You can know if my wife and I are in an argument, I need to choose a safe place to go to. I need to go to my brother's house. Mm-hmm. I need to go, you know, somewhere that my wandering eyes, like, don't blame the devil. Mm-hmm. Do some self-reflection and know. That in many, if not most of the instances that we're blaming the devil, there is something in us that's being exposed that we have not wrestled with and okay. identified appropriately. Okay. All right. All right. So I want to take off. I want to spin off that right into something I noted to come back to 
and I think this is a good spot to do that, is when you talked about the vigilant ones and the vigilance that Mm -hmm. one's required to have. And by self-watching and being self-aware and being, uh, let's say, a vigilante for Christ, (laughs) Batman, right? Those are the ones who get attacked the most. So, so, wait, say that again? So, it's like, by by becoming vigilant, Mm -hmm. you also become a target of Satan, it seems. Like, if you just on a sideline and you go to church, you know, on Sundays, Absolutely. read your Bible ever yeah. so often, you probably not going to see the same level of taxes uh, Absolutely not. you are as the pastor of a church. Absolutely not. So I'm saying this vigilance puts a target on you. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the more that you're trying to do, the more you're under attack. Yet, not omnipresent. But sure. Man, I'm swelling my chest up and he, it's like, oh. He turns his head and looks at you and comes right there like he just, I mean. And, and it, it, has, it has less to do with his omnipresence and more to do. Um, and, and, and because he isn't omnipresent, he has to be as strategic as possible. Okay. So he knows, like for instance, Paul makes references to Satan resisting him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in Thessalonians. He was saying. I, I desired to come to you, but Satan resisted me. Like he was trying yeah, to keep that me. Was actually one of the scriptures I was going to kind of okay. come on. Uh, it was first uh, Thessalonians second 18. Exactly yes. what you're saying. Yep. So, so cause here's the key because if he stops Paul mm-hmm. from getting to God's people by stopping one man, he can stop a whole city from getting access mm-hmm. to the gospel. So it's a, it's more of a strategic decision to attack one person that can have a very broad impact. Like if he make, when he attacks a pastor and a pastor falls, yeah, the residual fallout but from how that does he is so know huge. Who to attack? If he's like, I'm just saying, like, he doesn't have to be, I'm not, he's been, he's old. The Bible calls him old. Sure. Like he's been around since the garden. He's been watching. Yeah. He's wily. How he's does, smart. how does one land on his radar though? Like, you know, like if he's not again, I'm I'm just talking from a very natural standpoint. If this is not someone who's all knowing on all everywhere, how is he knowing whether he should be attacking us sitting here in Michigan or some pastor in Seattle, Washington? How mm-hmm. does he know where to be and what time and which one? All right, I'm gonna cut this line off now. Or you know, like Paul was on his ship at that time. This is this is this this is what I would liken him liken him to, um, uh, especially we're talking like using a natural analogy. Yes. Um, having been around and watched the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. say, so so there's a couple of things we are as believers and our calls. We are known in the spirit realm, mm-hmm. like and and again, I'm, I'm going to try to keep this natural and 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 very relatable but in the kingdom of god those who do works okay. for god are known in the spirit realm okay like we the, the 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 angels in heaven the demons in hell know those who god has assigned to do great work for his kingdom okay but in a natural sense it's like this it's like after some satan is a great talent evaluator mm-hmm. okay it's like somebody that's been watching the game of basketball for years they show up to the playground. Okay. They can see the one. Mm. It could be 20 kids playing. 
and everybody watching somebody. It might be one kid that's dunking bigger than everybody else and all of that. But the guy that really knows the game, mm -hmm. he knows the real player as soon as he sees him. It don't it don't take him a long time, a okay. couple of times up and down the court, and he goes, that's the real player. Yeah. You could take the big kid, because the big kid might have just went through puberty before everybody else. So he's yeah, 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 bigger yeah. and stronger. You, he, he's he's winning now. But the talent evaluator that's really watched the game and has watched it for years. Yeah. So he shows up the court. That kid dribbles with both hands, keeps his head up. Passes when he should, shoots when he should, he drives, he pulls up. That's the real ball player. Mm. And it doesn't take an omnipresent being to have watched the church and men and women serve God for thousands of years. Uh -huh. Again, we're just talking naturally for thousands of years to know the ones when he sees them. Like you have to imagine he watched Paul go from standing watching Stephen being stoned. Like yeah, Satan yeah, yeah. is aware of these turns of events. Saul watching Stephen getting stoned and he watched his development go from that young man yeah. holding the coats of the people that were stoning Stephen. Yeah. And the Bible says he looked on consenting like Paul was like, I'm going to hold y'all coats yeah. so y'all can get loose and kill this man that's preaching Jesus. Right. He watched the turn of events happen to Paul being the greatest apostle to go to the Gentiles and, and, and really take the church mainstream. Okay. He saw how that happened. He's smart. Mm. He can see who you are before you can see who you are. That same kid that's smaller, he doesn't know how good of a ball player he's going to be. But the talent evaluator that's watched it happen say, son, I know a ball player when I see one. You're a better ball player than you even know it. So I'll take you under my wing early. Satan knows who you are before you even know it. And he'll attack you before you even know why you're being attacked. Like, why are you bothering me? I'm nobody. Right. He knows if I ever let you find out who you are, my kingdom will be in trouble. Okay. So, so he, he, that, that, I believe it's one of the things he knows. He's watched the kingdom. He's old. He's an old adversary, and the Bible calls him wily. Yeah. He's smart. He's strategic. So that's one of the reasons why I said earlier mm. that when you study your scriptures and you study humanity, you take away credit and you give it to men and for a lot of the evil that happens. You go, the devil ain't doing everything we said he's doing. But yeah. then when you watch some of the strategic things he does, you go, wow. He sets, he sets traps and motions generations in advance because he's old. So some of the stuff he's not physically doing right now, he just set that in motion with your grandfather and then just let the dominoes fall. He doesn't have to stay with it. He set the trap of abuse and then let the, the dominoes fall and the abuse pass from generation to generation. And people think the devil is in your house. No, he might've been at your great grandfather's house and let somebody get molested. But now he knows oh. how human beings work. If I set that loose in your house, unless you, by the help of God intervene, the dominoes will just keep falling and he doesn't even have to be there. So anymore. is he just like dropping these bombs in places and strategic places and then just going and in moving strategic places to and from not nonstop to and fro just as just a growing lion seeking whom he may devour. And he sets strategic traps that will have the longest lasting effect because he isn't everywhere.
Yeah. But he pushes the right domino and will let them fall for generations and will let a whole country fall. And people who are not vigilant are people who cannot see how he sets traps because normally when he sets them, it seems innocuous. Like it's just a television show. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just a preference. Oh man. You know, I it's, it's not dangerous. So that's when I said when you, when then when you become aware of him, Mm-hmm. Then you start going, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know I told you he's not the one that's behind all the bad, but he's behind so much more than you could ever imagine if you pay attention to the things he does. He just puts it in the lyric of a song. No big deal. It's an artist just expressing himself. No, it's Satan strategically pushing a domino. Mm-hmm. So, and it can give you the impression that he's a lot of places that he's not. So his, him being strategic Combined with our internal propensity for evil, yeah, is a combustible uh, uh, mix that is a powder keg, which is why um, God had to send Jesus and His Holy Spirit. Okay, so you kind of hit on something I was thinking you would, and I was thinking like that might be it, and I uh, want to sort of pivot this, okay, because based on everything, I I really feel like we got on this point of like his lack of omnipresence, mm-hmm. but his wiliness to be specific, it seems, but it really comes out of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I want to yep. kind of transition into that because one of my question was, is all of that just a reflection of our own flesh? But didn't God give me this flesh? He did. So why is this flesh that I am not of, I didn't choose to have so desperately wicked um, that it came from God. This gift from God sure. is this thing that if God doesn't tempt us, it's what does tempt us. So God gave us this thing that does tempt us, even though he doesn't tempt us. Yeah. This goes back to a, a, a conversation. I'm trying to remember which one we had earlier where um, I, talked, I talked about this a little bit and this flesh and really what God gave us. Um, if you recall was he simply gave us the ability to choose. Like that's really what he gave us with this body of flesh was the ability to choose. Because in order for us to actually have a relationship that was founded on love, if you okay. recall, the option to choose has to be there. Otherwise it's just slavery or indentured servitude. Okay. So for God to be love and for us to have a relationship with him that exists in love we have to have the ability to choose other than him. So mm-hmm. really what evil is, is us choosing other than him. Right. Satan again, in his strategic mindset knew uh-huh. if I push the right domino between Adam and Eve, I set in motion. Right. This propensity to choose other than God. Now our nature is set in opposition to God. Like there's, there's no in between. So either our nature when Adam and Eve before they sinned was set yeah. to God. And once man was fallen, our nature and propensity is set away from God. And now we have to be turned to him. Okay. You know, so uh, uh, that that's ultimately like, that's what this flesh is. It's just chooses other than God. It has the ability to it, do it, that. That's And that's what I'm saying. The flesh literally only wants to choose against God. Not only. I mean, it's, that's what, that's what, uh, isn't it say, uh, you have to kill it daily. You do. So, I mean, you gotta, but, but Paul also says that when I would do good, 
evil is always present. Right, right. And that that I would not do, that's what I do. Meaning he has the desire to not do, mm-hmm. you know, and he, but his flesh, you know, there's a war always going on. Right. Um, you know, and how long must I deal with this body of death? That's what Paul says. Like, how long am I going to deal with this body that does not want to always line up right, with right. God? Not always. I mean, like. I, I yeah. thought it was your spirit wants to and your flesh doesn't want it's to. It's enmity. It's against God. Yeah, it's not in agreement with God. It's not all evil. Okay. But it's not in agreement with God. It contains things that are anti him, which is why be encouraged. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a new one. Okay. That's why he's going to give us a new body. <laughs> because this one, man, it, it has the propensity to be tempted. But it, I just... The main thing to take away from this particular conversation is it doesn't take Satan to do that. Uh-huh. All it takes is a world full of how many billions of people uh, right? on this earth creating circumstances for you and I. So it doesn't take the devil. Like, you don't have to send a pretty woman by your doorstep. There's just pretty women walking around. You know what I mean? Like, seriously. And the issue is whether you're looking or not. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? The issue is whether you're looking or not. Because that happens all the time. I get a text at work like, man, did you see that? And I'm like, did I see what? Right. You right. ain't see her? No, I didn't see her. How did you not see her? I'm not looking for her. <laughs> it's not that she wasn't there. Literally. Like, it, happened, it happens at work all the time. You know, you work with guys, guys. That, yeah, yeah, did yeah. You, did you see her? Because somebody come in for an interview. Like, no. She walked right by your office. I'm sorry. I didn't see her. How did you not see her? I wasn't looking. Right. If I happen to be looking, it didn't take the devil to send her by my office. It took me having wandering eyes. If I don't have wandering eyes, guess what? You don't there have is no... to have wandering eyes to see a pretty woman, though. No, right? you don't. You know, but how, 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 how you focus on that Okay. and how it resonates with you. It doesn't take the devil to make it more than an acknowledgement. Okay. And literally, it happens all the time. Like, did you see that? I didn't see it. Okay. And that's uh, kind of we had talked about a little bit because like, I, I feel like you've really gotten to it, but I want to talk towards some of those a little bit more even. It's just like uh, somebody who's recovering. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to run away from certain situations like that. Like you can change your lifestyle, but like like you go to certain places and people just are drinking. Mm-hmm. And some people who are in recovery, like it's like, here, man, do you want one? They didn't necessarily choose to be in that situation when somebody handed them one or uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And they're sitting there now fighting a direct sure. fight against something specifically at them. Yeah. Like how, you know, like that's not, I don't want to say it's not their fault, but it's just, again, there's that feeling of specific presence of this uh, enemy. Yeah. Yes. So, and you make a good example of somebody being in recovery. Read the scripture again. You read earlier about being vigilant. Be sober. Uh Uh-huh. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Okay. Sober and vigilant. Let's use an alcoholic in recovery. Now, I'm fortunate enough every year. Um, I go speak at, um, they call it a gratitude meeting. Okay. It's the day before Thanksgiving, Southeastern Michigan, Alcoholics Anonymous has a gratitude mm-hmm. dinner. It's for recovering alcoholics. It's like 1,500 people. It's this huge dinner. And they have, I've spoken at it for like the last 
four years. Nice. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And they go through. Um, and at the end of the meeting, and it puts me in tears every time. At the end of the meeting, they do a call for how many years people have been sober. Yeah. And it's and it's like some people that have been sober for, they start at like 60 years. Yeah. And it's people 60 years. They're at the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, and they've been sober for 60 years, right? And and then they go all the way down to one day. Like, who is at their first meeting? And by the time you see it's somebody there that it's their first meeting, it's their first day trying to be sober, and I'm bawling by this point. Because you'll see husband and wives yeah. stand up holding hands together that they were alcoholics, and they both, you know, uh, 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 beat it together, and it's they've amazing. been sober together for 20 years. It's an amazing, amazing thing. But one thing that is consistent with those who are in the Alcoholics Anonymous program is they will tell you, I am still an alcoholic. Right. Because if I recognize myself as an alcoholic, then I treat myself like an alcoholic, even if I've been sober for 10 years. So okay. that means I'm not going to go to places like this, this. Because people get like holy living confused, uh -huh. and and one of the reasons for holy living is I'm sober, mm -hmm. and I'm being vigilant. So I'm going to put myself in position to be successful right. with my life. So I'm going to avoid certain places. Certain places. I'm yeah. going to avoid certain circumstances because if I get relaxed, Satan or one of his demons is mm -hmm. like I got him. Right. He's slipping. He think because he's been faithful to his wife the last eleven years that he can do whatever. Exactly. I got him. He doesn't know his flesh. It's not gonna die until it's dead. That's why you have to kill it every day because it's coming back. And but there are certain times, like even me, pastor, mm -hmm. I have a job, I go places and for work. Right. Happy hour and they passing out drinks. Now drinking has never been an issue of mine, but I can imagine for other people, it'll be a challenge. First thing you do is tell somebody I'm an alcoholic and guess what they'll do. The last thing they'd ever do was offer you a drink. Okay. It's, you have it, to be, it's it, very well respected. It, very, it, if you say the issue is with me. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah the issue yeah. is me. It ain't cause you some broke devil worshiping sinner. Right. The issue is me. Mm. Mm -hmm. Human yeah. beings, I'm telling you, we don't give each other enough credit. Generally, they'll respect that. I, I I tell people all the time, I'm at the job I'm at, and I've been there for so long because not because it's a whole bunch of safe people, but I've never been anywhere where they respect who I am and what I'm trying to do and how I'm trying to live my life. They respect it a great deal because of how I've presented myself and my reasons for the way that I live. They will protect me. <laughs> More than I'm even trying to protect myself. Like my boss. Okay. He apologizes to me every time he cusses. And I'm like, I didn't tell you don't cuss. <laughs> like I'm sitting in the meeting. You think I ain't been in meetings where people been cussing my entire career? All right. But he apologizes to me. Or if we're standing in a circle. It just happened just yesterday. He was in town. He sits in Denver. And that's my guy. Because he respects yeah. who I am. We're standing in a group. And they start cussing. Like, oh, man, I'm cussing in front of the reverend. My bad, man. <laughs> you know, like, he, I, and I don't have to tell him. Yeah. You know, but it's me. I've never once told him don't cuss in front of me. 
Okay. I've actually told him, hey, man, it's cool. You don't have to apologize. It's good. But it, it says so much about his respect for me. But it has emanated with me because I've never been judgmental of him. Mm-hmm. It's I'm an alcoholic. Okay. I'm you, an you alcoholic. Said, I'm, I'm an I'm alcoholic. The, You're not I'm bad for alcoholic. drinking. I'm an alcoholic. Okay. You're not going to hell because you're drinking. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like right, that's right, the kind right, of sober right. vigilance about yourself. And it's about me. That's yeah. why I said the key is to having the awareness that it wasn't the devil that sent something by you. It was you that started looking when so, you weren't looking before. So I want to wrap this up, but I just want to ask for your advice. Because I always try to leave these with some... Like we've given people a lot of different things, but I always like to give someone a tip on how to become, in this episode more specifically, more vigilant. Mm -hmm. How does one become more self-aware of those things? Like I'm an alcoholic. Because typically those alcoholics didn't know that they were alcoholics until they had hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. And as saints, we don't want you to have to hit rock bottom to become aware of Mm -hmm. whatever propensity it may be. Right. So any uh, tips you want to, any advice you can give? My advice is out of James Wild Red, where when God tempts no man, whenever a man sins, he is drawn away of his own lust. My advice is the people that I've watched that have learned to walk this walk um, well and mature are the people who always assume and they take responsibility that it was me. The people that I see stay immature in this when they trip and when they fall or when something bad happens, they're always quick to blame the devil and other people. You shouldn't have never offered me that. He shouldn't have never said that. He shouldn't have never raised his voice. They're always like somebody else put them in the position to do this and the people, the men and women that I have seen that have walked this walk with God with the most power are the ones that are self-reflective. And anytime something less than, than, than godly happens in their life, they do an assessment of themselves, not of other people. Mm-hmm. I promise you the, 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 the best skill you can develop is the ability to self-assess rather than the ability to assess other people. You have it don't take a gift or a skill to be able to see what other people did wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? And most people stay immature because they can always see what somebody else did. They're experts at what other people did that experts. they shouldn't have done. Yeah. And they come in my office and all they want to talk about is well, she started it, she says so and so. And I'm talking about adults, not children. Trust me, I know. But mature people in this walk, I promise you, when you start self assessing. And, and and the key is to start, like, the incident isn't where you start. Mm-hmm. You start assessing before the incident and all the events that led up to it. And say, at where were my opportunities to do something different? How could I have even stopped myself from even getting to that particular conversation? Okay. What, when you start doing that self-assessment is when you start growing in grace when you start your vigilance matures and your ability to spot the devil Mm -hmm. or his plan or his scheme, that's how you refine it. Like I tell people all the time, I know the devil when I hear him. I know his plan when I hear it because when I've fallen, I've assessed me. 
okay. everything that I was doing leading up to it. And I say, ah, he started that the week before I even saw him when somebody else told me what he said. Now, I've been mad a whole week before I even ran into him. So it wasn't the argument that day that made us had a falling out. It was me letting somebody a week before tell me about what he said when he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So now when I hear somebody getting ready to tell me about what somebody else said, like devil, I know you. Okay. You plant seeds a week in advance. Right. <laughs> so now if 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 you don't do that kind of self-assessment, you'll let people keep planting those seeds and then you'll try to fight the moment it's ready to sprout as opposed to not letting the seed get planted. Mm -hmm. So the key is to do the self-assessment and walk as far back to the beginning. That's why God gives us the Genesis account. Ooh. He didn't have to tell us how this all started, uh -huh. but he gives us the Genesis account so we can recognize how sin is conceived because James gives us like lust. You know, when you read James, it tells you how sin happens. It starts with lust. Uh -huh. starts with the thought. And then when it's conceived, it brings forth sin. So it starts with you just considering. Like, I wonder what that would be like. Ooh. You know, when you just start there. Yeah, yeah. And it tells you that's where you have to stop. You can't stop it once you've already imagined, once you've already planned how you would do it. If I was going to do it, this is how I'd do it. Oh, the girl that bang. Thank you. Exactly. You start <laughs> mapping out your escape route. Don't map out an escape route. Because once you've mapped out the escape route, it becomes so much more conceivable. Like this, that could actually work. So you have to walk like this is my practical advice. In the instances that you've fallen, mm -hmm. you have to try to walk as far back to the beginning of that incident as possible. To the first time you met that person, heard about that person, heard about that thing and start thinking, what could you do differently as early on as possible. Mm -hmm. Stop assessing other people and just the incident and start assessing yourself early in the crossroads. The same way God gave us the Genesis account and just showed how the devil just started with suggestions. Right. He's so smart. He didn't start with all out opposition to God because Adam and Eve would have immediately resisted him. Right. It just started with suggestions. Like, that's why I say when you look back, you're fighting before we know it. Adam and Eve didn't know that they were fighting at first. <laughs> you hear me? Right. Like, they didn't know that if, uh, uh, the devil, the, the serpent was so shrewd. They called him the subtle of all beasts. He was scrapped. That's what I say. But then when you realize the things he does, then you go, wow. Because he's scrapping. He's fighting before we even recognize the fight has broken out. Right. Until you start looking back and realize he started fighting as soon as he said, why did God say you couldn't eat that? It's just a question, <laughs> but he was waging all out war. That's how you have to know. Sure. That's how he fights. He fights with suggestions. He fights with questions. He fights with seeds of discord and they don't have to be angry. They don't have to be shouting, but he's scrapping early. Mm. And our flesh is conducive to it. So it's a powder keg. So yeah, that's how you have yeah. to know how he fights. If he showed up with his fist balled right away, we would all know it was him and we would not, we would not engage. Yeah. But yeah. he shows up with a friend saying, did you hear about so-and-so? I ain't trying to be messy, but did you hear what he said? I ain't trying to be messy, but. But <laughs> I'm just doing this because I'm looking out for you. 
Oh, you know, okay. like he, like his plans play out that way when he started fighting before we recognize a fight has broken out. Like that's my big piece of advice. You got to recognize the fight starts before you recognize. It doesn't look like a fight mm. when he starts fighting with you. It doesn't. It looks safe. It looks friendly. It looks like somebody concerned about you. Uh-huh. Serpent looked like he was concerned about. Eve, like you're missing out on something you really should have. And when you start. So how do you know the difference? Because there are times where people do come for mm-hmm. you and are genuinely concerned and it's not Satan. Right? Yeah. Sure. You know, this is just more again of me asking, how does one become really aware of the dip, these subtle, slight differences mm-hmm. between, can I go as far as say heaven and hell? Sure. Like how, how, how do you catch that even? When somebody's concerned about you, they talk about you. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about other people. Mm-hmm. They don't make assumptions about other people's motives. Mm-hmm. Like th- those, those are small things again. And you, for each of us, because we all have the different things in us that set us off. Sure. Again, certain things. Right, right. So that's why when you start assessing the issues and in the instances that have happened to you, that's when you can start recognizing the pattern of what he uses. Yeah. In his attack on you because it, it's with it's something that's found in your flesh, so it can't tell you all the ones that that work on me may not work on you because you could you you don't care about that, right? Right? You right, know, right? Right? He, like he does, somebody was talking about me, mm-hmm. and generally that's not the one that comes to me because like I'm used to that. That doesn't make me want to fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm used yeah. to that. I'm a pastor, been one for a while now. Son of a pastor, son of a preacher. I'm just used to people talking about me. Like it's not. Yeah, a thing to me, but somebody else. Did you hear what so and so said about you? Right. That's all you need to hear. Now you want to set them straight, right? Right. Um. So that's why I'm saying we all have to self-assess to know what seeds he likes to plant in us that our lusts yeah. grab a hold of. So I can't. I know. Right. Some of the general ones I hear when he's talking about somebody else. Mm-hmm. And Genesis gives us a good foundation. He was talking about God. Yep. And God wasn't there. Okay. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> he wasn't in the conversation, right? Right, 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 right. That's funny. He was talking about God's motives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you why he told you don't eat that fruit. Mhm. If he'd just stuck to God said you couldn't eat that fruit, right? Mhm. But it took a turn when he said, "I'm going to tell you why he said don't eat that cuz he knew mm-hmm. if you ate it, you'd be like him." Right. So when you hear someone start speaking to what, why some, I'm going to tell you why. Can I tell you what they did? Okay. I'm going to tell you why they did that. Now you in dangerous territory then. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as somebody goes from, okay, because sometimes I can just tell you what happened. Yeah. This is what happened. Okay. But then as soon as they turn to, now that's a little dangerous sometimes if it has nothing to do with you, but if it has something to do with me, you told me what happened. Okay. But as soon as the conversation goes to, I'm going to tell you why they said that. That's alarms, alarms, red flags, got red flags, buzzers got to be going off in your head saying this isn't healthy. This isn't safe because you can't tell me why somebody did what they did. You can't. You don't know it. So you're speculating and that gives room for the enemy to our flesh, to our own lusts. when we speak on things that we're not certain of. So um, that's one of my piece of advice there. Okay. Okay. Man, I mean, 
I missed you, though. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been yeah, a while. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. It's good. Um, so, uh, long story short, folks, uh, we're back better than ever. We keep rocking out some new episodes. Uh, really appreciate the patience and uh, keep in sending in some questions, some follow up. We still got some uh, user questions. We're going to circle yeah. into some other episodes. But this week, we got to just quickly hit on NFL season. I believe there's a preseason game going on like right now. Is there? I think so. Is that Hall of Fame game um, happening right I, now? I know the Hall of Fame is tomorrow, but I thought I saw something when there was like a another game. Because I always thought the Hall of Fame game was the one that kicked off the. So if if it's not happening right now, it's happening tomorrow. We're we're football is here. For better or for worse, Oof. the fall is here. Yeah, we made it through the desert between the <laughs> NBA, NBA finals, finals and, this. And, that is and the start of football season. Man, it's, that's a tough time. Man, I tried to watch as much baseball as possible. It just don't do it. Doesn't for me. do it, man. Sports Center is terrible. It's just, <laughs> man, I come sometimes I come in my bedroom and not even turn on the television because it's like, <laughs> why even turn on Sports Center? What is going on? It's like, awful, man. After it's a dark NBA time. free agency, it was just <laughs> nothing. So that being said. Fantasy football. Oh, Lord. What are you feeling this year? Are you going running back heavy, quarterback heavy, receivers? What do you, who's I your number know. one I draft have, pick? I have, not, I have not started my research yet. Okay. Um, I have committed. I'm only doing one league. Okay. I'm okay. I'm only going to do one um, because it. I, I'm less miserable. Fa- I hate fantasy football, but I have to play it. I literally <laughs> hate, I hate it. I hate it. That was me last year. I hate I hate it every year because it's just levels of misery. Levels. It's just levels of misery. And the more and cuz here's the problem with doing multiple leagues. Multiple is because you're guaranteed to be miserable about something no matter what. And it's just who's the least miserable <laughs> at the end of a given week because Something stupid is going to happen. Somebody you have on your bench is going to go off for like 50 points while they're on your bench. You'll be up by 30, and the person you're playing will have their tight end all of a sudden score 30. Like, it's just so miserable. Or your running back will run it all the way down to the field, to the one-yard line, and then they'll bring in somebody else to run it into the end zone. It's just so many reasons to be miserable and only one reason to be happy, and that's at the very end if you happen to win that game. Like, and I hate it. But I have to play. But you got to play. You got to play. It's so fun. I've been trying to quit this one league for about 10 years. I promise <laughs> you. Like, literally, like, I can't even begin to tell you how much I want to quit this one league I'm in. But I can't quit. You can't quit. And I'm I'm only in two leagues. I'm, I'm staying with these two leagues. And it's just like. Yeah, right, man. Watson. Somebody's going to call you like, man, we had somebody drop out. We need one more. And you're going to say I yes. I can't do it. I can't manage it because, like, you have. Because you, you be cheering against yourself. Exactly. You got a guy in exactly. And, other, and you plant it like, you, you come up with these crazy notes. Run all the way to the five-yard line and you run out of exactly. bounds and fumble. Yeah, no. That's what, just one league. It, it's two. I can handle two. These are my two consistent. And then I just don't ever have time. It's been the running joke. Because I said it the very first time. Yeah. Like I meant it, but now it's the running joke. If ever my lineup is terrible or something, I was like, man, I had to preach. I didn't get to set. <laughs> <laughs> so now it's the running joke in the league. If my lineup yes. is jacked up, like man, I messed up. I had to preach. I didn't get to set my the lineup. The mobile app right. definitely helped with that. 
It does, like, man. Like when I was traveling at first, and it wasn't the apps weren't there. Yeah. Man, I was at the bottom of the barrel when but I started. You know, my I career. have to be consecrated and really <laughs> meditating on the scriptures, and not necessarily be, on my lineup. See, but. now is that Satan being everywhere? No, that's or your, just uh, me, brother man, Watson my flesh. texting Doe. Exactly, like, <laughs> Doe, man. Don't forget to set your man, lineups. Listen, this is how you know the flesh is no good. I'm always wondering what is the legal amount of time. That I need to have between when I get done preaching and when it's okay to set my fantasy to look at my lineup. Like, uh, how long do I have to wait before it's disrespectful? We like, as soon as like eleven thirty <laughs> most times, so you probably got fifteen minutes, dude. Sometimes <laughs> as soon as I sit down, like I get done, like Amen in Jesus' name. In I said I want to check my lineup. It's terrible. So I have to make myself don't check it because I got to put my flesh in check. But I want to look at it as soon as I get done preaching. It's terrible. Can I say I've looked at it a few times watching you preach? I get, I, trust me, I, I've heard the ESPN <laughs> dun, 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 from the app go off in, in church. I know y'all checking y'all fantasy. You better believe it. That's why we appreciate you finishing this crisp on time. <laughs> yes, sir. So one quick last one and we'll call it one. Which uh, like app do you uh, use in your league? Is it uh, ESPN or Yahoo? ESPN. Okay. Yeah, we use the ESPN. Standard scoring, or y'all got like extra bonuses and stuff. Standard scoring, we don't get too outlandish with uh, tweaking the the scoring system. Okay. Uh, We try to keep it pretty straightforward um, with the scoring system. Yeah. See, that's why it's this one league. They just won't. They've got some like analytic nerd running. Yeah. No. There's an analytic nerd, and it's like you can't even figure out the formula. Like we'll score three hundred points and be like, "How? What?" (laughs) What's going on here? Yeah, no, nah, ours is. Oh, pre- I won. Yeah, ours is a pretty, you know, like uh, ours isn't, and it's the reason it's the one I want to be. It's not as yeah, you know, technical as some other people get with their leagues. Like it's people that know the game, yeah. watch the game, you know, know the sport. Yep. Um, have played the sport, mm-hmm. but you know. It's not in the weeds like that yeah. where you got this weird scoring and things of that nature. So, no, when in doubt, ask your scoring. wife who to start. You say what? When in doubt, just ask your ask wife, wife who, to, who start. to start. Right. They they always get it right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you, man, this fantasy made NFL red zone is one of the greatest things I that's got that. ever happened. Oh man! When you just come home from church, get something to eat, and you just watch red zone and all the different. Thing of beauty. Scoring drives happen and it's amazing. It's the only wait. reason direct TV even is tempting to me. <laughs> All right, though. All right, Watson. We're nope. back at it, huh? Yes, sir. We'll see you next week. All right. Holla at you next week, right. Watson.